Bass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. You are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every single day. It's free on all platforms, five days a week. So why not start your day listening to Locked On Blazers, the only daily Trailblazers podcast. It's your team every day. In today's show... We're talking lessons learned from the Trailblazers preseason. I'll share a couple that I've learned, and then I put it out to Twitter, and I'll share from some listeners, or maybe Twitter followers, hopefully you listen to the program, who shared what they learned from a, quite frankly, pretty gross Blazers preseason. That wrapped up tonight in Oakland against the second and third stringers of the Warriors, and after a competitive and high-scoring first quarter, the second and third quarters were awful. They were awful. The Blazers were awful, uh, the, particularly the third quarter. No way to spin that one. Uh, second quarter, you know, sometimes you play poorly or whatever, and I, I think they just got away from it a little bit with the, some bench units. Third quarter was was a disaster. Uh, they haven't looked good in preseason. I thought they looked okay early in the first game, and they have not looked good since then. Uh, instead of like going back over that, because quite frankly, I feel like I've done that on the, in this space. Um, if you want to listen to me be mean to the trailblazers there's one waiting in your feed before this called the blazers look bad in preseason ain't nothing changed since that so that show that was sunday against the kings when the trailblazers look bad in preseason i was pretty heated about how bad they looked they look they're just they're they look bad this game wasn't any better uh damian lord did not play in this game keon johnson got the start uh, gary payton still hasn't played in preseason i would say up in the air uh, if, he, if he's available in the regular season when it starts next week justice wins will also miss this game with an illness, uh, Trenton Watford left this game early with a hip flexor, the same sort of left hip flexor issue he'd been dealing with that kept him out of the, the first bit of the exhibition season. And Olivier Saar, uh, who pretty clearly has won the backup center role, hurt his wrist and left uh, early in this one as well, exited before the end of the game. I don't really care about the outcome. Like, the wins and losses don't matter because nobody plays the the final, you know, 12 or 9 minutes, whatever, depending on the team. Seriously, like, you know, you put like the true end of the end of the bench there, but like the process was it was was like they just haven't looked good. They haven't looked good. So what have we learned from preseason? The number one thing I've learned is that Shaden Sharp should play. He should play on day one. He should have a he should have a day one role on this team. He should be part of the rotation night one, day one. And if you're a long-time listener to this program, you know that this is a pretty big departure from what I have preached in the past. And let me catch you up on why I have changed my tune drastically. This is like a, uh, what's the joke? This is a full 360. I've, I've come around 360 degrees. Um, yeah, like why I have, why I have changed is because, uh, I believe that typically teams have to choose between being competitive and playing guys' developmental minutes. It is nigh on to impossible to have get guys' developmental minutes, young players that aren't going to be good in the league and need seasoning and need need to gain their confidence and need to kind of just figure out the speed and the style and, and the patterns of an NBA game. If you put young guys on the floor that need developmental minutes, you're going to be a bad basketball team. So if you're if you are typically teams have to choose from between being a competitive basketball team, a team that goes for it, and a team that that prioritizes development. Blazers don't look like a competitive basketball team. There is no, there is nothing about what we've seen that that makes you think this team is anything other than a play-in team, and not even a particularly good play-in team. With the obvious caveat that they can get better, like you, like teams improve, right? And like the preseason is just is they've got a week before the regular season starts and all this stuff. But like, 
I don't think you can ignore what you've seen. And because of that, Shaden Sharp has to play. Has to play. Has to play. They have to prioritize it. Against the Warriors, he kind of got... You could see the special stuff that he's got. He's not there yet, like, to be, like, a high-level impact player. But he is so important to this team's future. And you see the little flashes of his, you know, ability to get himself into really smooth-looking mid-range jumpers. When he does wiggle free to get himself to the rim, he has a nice touch around the rim. Effortless athleticism, you know, threw down an alley-oop tonight that is just like, he glides. The dude just glides. Play him. Play him 15 minutes a night. Play him in both halves. Play him regularly. Play Shaden Sharp. He has to play. You are no longer making the decision between being a competitive team and a developmental team. This team isn't competitive. They are not good. They can't make that excuse. The reason why I'm like, you know, rookies shouldn't play and I don't think rookies should play. It's like on good teams, they probably shouldn't play. But on lottery-bound teams or lottery-edge teams, they should absolutely play because getting guys on the court and getting them reps and getting them confidence becomes a priority for teams that aren't going to be good. If the Blazers were a team that I thought could push for fifth in the West, push for sixth in the West, avoid the play, and if they looked anything close to that, I wouldn't have changed my tune. I would have said, you know, Shaden Sharp has obvious upside. He's incredibly fun. Like, I like, I enjoy watching him, and he was clearly the bright spot against the Warriors for me. But they're not a competitive team, and they don't look like a competitive team. They look like a bad team, and if they're going to be a bad team, prioritize what matters for the future. Start thinking about the overall health of the franchise. You are not thinking about, you know, if if you're going to be a competitive team, the West is going to be brutal. You got to eke out every win. You can't waste, like, why my my reasoning in the past, like, you can't waste six, seven minutes on a 19-year-old who's going to be a negative. The adults look like negatives. The vets look like negatives. They're not getting the impact from that they want from a team that is relatively, no, not relatively, thin. There's lacks real depth. They're not getting it. Shaden Sharp has to play. He has to play on night one. He needs to be in the rotation from, from the word go. If Shaden Sharp doesn't play against the Kings in the season opener, it's a failure by the franchise prioritize Shaden Sharp's development. He is now the most important part of this team. The future, you know, every, everything has come out, right? It's like, uh, even Dame said it, like he's the biggest part of like what could be, what could take us there because if he's a star and he certainly has some star potential because he has the qualities that make you a star. He can create his own offense. He's a really freaking good athlete. That's the star stuff, right? Uh, individual offense, athleticism that is on a level, a tier above your peers. The, the, that's what stars, look, often what stars look like. Not every star is a super athlete, obviously. But like, that's what star guards look like. You want to find out and get him as close to that as quickly as you can. If this team was good, let him develop in the background. Let him work his let him work his way there. And when you need him, you call on him. Or when he's ready, you call on him in February, whatever it is. That's out the window. This team is not good enough to prioritize winning because they're not going to win. They're not going to win games as at, like early in the season. They're going to be bad. So that's what they look like. Get Shaden Sharp in there. Give us something to enjoy. Give us hope. Like, come on. Shaden Sharp absolutely, absolutely has to, has to, has to play every single night. He needs a consistent 15-minute role on this team at a minimum. Shaden Sharp has to play. That's the lesson I learned in preseason. I didn't think that that was going to be the case. Wasn't even quite frankly, wasn't necessarily on my radar that this would be a conclusion that I would come to when uh, preseason started last week. But here we are. Shaden Sharp has to play, has to play, has to play, has to play. I got other lessons. It's about the defense. 
The defense does not look good, y'all. It looks very bad. Let's talk about that in the second segment because they haven't made the, the progress. But before we talk about that lack of progress, I want to tell you about prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. Uh, I play prize picks. I use my I use the app on my phone, but you can also visit prizepicks.com. And how it works is that prize picks sets the uh, projection lines, and you pick more or less than those projections. So it's points, it's rebounds, it's assists, it's blocks, it's steals if you're doing NBA. But if you don't want to do NBA, they got every other sport on there imaginable. You pick between two and five players you can mix and match sports you pick where you pick the projection projection line you want you pick more or less of that projection line and you go from there you can win up to 10 times on every single entry super quick to do you can make an entry under 60 seconds you can make multiple entries and right now how about this download that price picks app right now go to pricepicks.com sign up to play daily fantasy sports and for the first time users can receive a hundred percent instant deposit match up to a hundred dollars with the promo code locked on if you deposit a hundred dollars price picks is going to give you a hundred dollars if you deposit fifty dollars price picks is going to give you fifty dollars don't forget to enter that promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to a hundred bucks all right we're talking lessons learned from preseason the other lesson i learned from blazers preseason is the defense is not there it has made no improvement since last season and that falls on a whole bunch of folks primarily players are the biggest factor in an nba team success like the overall quality of your roster is what determines how good you're going to be um bad rosters lose good rosters win the Blazers don't have a lot of plus defenders. And that, you know, you could put that on the front office. Sure. Chauncey Billups was brought in here to improve this team as a defensive group. Last year, I think he had pretty good defensive personnel. You know, Robert Covington maybe didn't fit what Chauncey wanted to do, but he's a pretty good defensive player. Larry Nance is a pretty good defensive player. Uh, you know, they had some they had some issues because you got to play Norm and CJ and Ants with that group, and it's a bunch of bad defenders along with Dame, who's just a, a straight-up really bad defender too. Uh, like, sure, sure, that matters, right? That matters. That they, they had better defensive parts, better defensive personnel than the previous season for sure, but still pretty bad defensive personnel overall. They were 30th in the league when everyone was healthy. But you know what? It's year one. Dame was hurt. You still have it. You have the Ant and Norman CJ logjam. You have to play all these all these guards that are, are that are minus defenders or like you know or below average defenders. Okay, sure. Throw it out. This season they're going to get right. They're going to add better defensive personnel. They're going to uh, they're going to have a year for for you know or a, a year to figure out Chauncey's system. He's going to have a full summer to install. Everyone's going to get here early in August and September. They're going to get they're going to work on it. They're going to go down to Santa Barbara. They're going to become the most connected team in the league and they're going to come back and the defense sucks and has not improved. That's the coaching. I don't expect them to be a good defensive team with the personnel they currently have. Like I don't think this is like a top 8 defense in the league or anything close to it. But we haven't seen any market improvement. And in addition to that, the scheme doesn't seem to complement the players. I understand the coaching staff has a desire to play a certain way. And you want to put your imprint on things and you want to, you, you, this is the right way to do it. This is how good teams defend. Let's do this. Aggressive and switchy and all of those things, right? That's the modern NBA defense. Asking Yusuf Nurkic to guard out at 35 feet has been a mess. 
Switch soft switching has been a mess. The zone where Nurk's at the top of the zone is a mess. Uh, the communication on defense is awful. Against the Golden State Warriors, they were getting... I mean, the Warriors are really good at this. They're the best team in the league at this. But this is the worst backups. This wasn't Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and Draymond Green. This was Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody and James Wiseman. And they're just getting back cut to death. Just back cut. Just, just, just simple, simple back cut. And then they're not containing the ball. And if you don't contain the ball, you got to help. And when you help, you get caught in rotation. So one dribble past the initial defender... You get to the rim or you get into the paint. Now you're in scrambling and rotation. The Blazers haven't been very good. And maybe the first rotation, they're okay. But if the ball swings, two, three, four rotations where they have to X out and swing and all of those and cover for each other and you go there, I go there. They're awful at and they give up layups or open threes or both. Sometimes, sometimes an open three that they miss and then they'll give out an offensive rebound and open layup. The defense hasn't improved. That's on the coaching staff. The lack of improvement on that end is on the coaching staff. Uh, I don't expect them to be good. Let me be clear. I expect them to be like the 22nd best defense in the league, right? Like still bottom 10. Still bottom 10 for sure. They don't look like they've made any strides on that end. Any, 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 any success. The, the word coming out of, of, of media day was that the Blazers are going to be the team that nobody wants to play against. I didn't get a sense in preseason that this team was like tough or physical or dogs or like just a group that plays hard and together. I don't really, I'm not really knocking the effort necessarily. I don't, I don't think that was there. They're just not, they're not connected. They don't know you go there, I go there. They're just not there. The scheme doesn't really make sense. The personnel's bad and it doesn't fit the scheme. The scheme hasn't changed. It's gotten maybe less aggressive than it was at the very beginning of last season when it was just bizarre and awful. But sure, that was, you know, the first 25 games that Chauncey Bills had ever coached. I'll give him a pass on that. No prob. No prob. No prob. Let's coach 82 games and... It was a bizarre year last year. And I'm even willing, I'm even willing to throw out all of last season in general because the team was just in in tatters, like immediately, you know, like multiple executives resigning and getting fired, um, new GM installed, trades, injuries, all that. Like, let's just throw out all last season. They were bad last season, but you want them to take a step forward. They haven't, they don't look, they do not look like a competitive defensive team. Chauncey Billups came in, came into the lock, into the media room after they played against the Kings and said, we got, got out physical on both ends. And he was just, nobody played well. I'm disappointed. The tough talk from preseason or from media day, rather, where this was going to be the team that did that to folks. Where is that? Coaches do two things. The most important thing they do is decide who plays and when. There is, a, there is absolutely a dearth of quality defenders on this team. The roster is not going to be good on defense fine. I accept it. I've noted it a whole bunch of times. I've said it enough where people are probably mad at me for my pessimism. But you don't see the like, just like a team that 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 is competitive and, and taking strides to be more competitive on that end. I don't want to call it, I don't want to just pin it on effort and heart. Defense is much more than that. But you haven't even seen the requisite effort and heart to get to the part where you're playing better X's and O's defense. Coaches decide who plays and when, and then they convince folks to execute the plan. 
You install the plan before the game starts. But what you do, like the soft stuff of coaching, is convince, convince, you install the plan and you convince folks to execute the plan. You can't change the personnel. You can change the plan and you can motivate folks to buy into the plan. If the plan is bad and then there's a lack of motivation to buy into the plan, that's on the coaching staff. The defense is a mess. It's a mess. That's why Shane Zerp's going to play a bunch because they're not going to be a good basketball team. They don't have the roster to cover up for it. And quite frankly, I don't think we've seen it from the coaching staff to make me think that they can get there. They can. It's preseason. Like, like it does feel like I'm overreacting to preseason. I'll, I'll admit it. Like, if you made it 17 minutes into the show, like, I'll admit it. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. This is me overreacting to preseason. It's absolutely what this is. But I'm watching it close and if you watched it close to, you you kind of know what you saw. And there wasn't a lot of things that you could point to to say, and I'll be honest, like in the past, I don't think I would have said preseason does not matter. The last two years have taught me that I have to buy into what I like. Trust what you see in preseason. The exhibition season is not, it's not totally meaningful. A game where Damon Lord plays is not totally meaningful. I don't, that's why I'm really not talking about the Warriors game specifically. But we just haven't seen them be a competitive team on that end and take strides on that end. And quite frankly, after multiple games, the coach has said that they just played poorly. He admits it as much as what as he admits as much. So like it's gotta land somewhere. The Blaine's gotta land somewhere. And for me, that's that's a coaching staff issue. It's a personnel issue, first and foremost. But after that, this was the coach who was supposed to fix the defense. This was the guy who was gonna make them not awful on defense, which they've consistently been over the last four seasons. Let sure maybe it comes in December and January. I, I'm I'm willing to like I'm willing to be totally wrong and say man was I over the, my skis in October, but I'm not seeing it, y'all. And I'm, I try to be a straight shooter. I try to I try to be that I try to be on my honest self on this podcast. And whew, I'm I think they're going to be horrific on defense again because I just I just don't have much faith in the team. I don't have much faith in the coaching staff getting them there, and I don't have much faith in the personnel getting them there either. And the combination of those two things has me a little down on them, straight up. You know who else is down on them? <laughs> you, dear listeners. Uh, I put out a call on Twitter to, to asking you what you learned from preseason. We're done through the, through the preseason slate. The Blazers go winless against NBA teams. So I put out my Twitter feed. It's at Mike G. Rich on Twitter. I uh, put out my Twitter feed. You know, what did you learn from preseason? In the third segment, I'm going to read some of the things that you, dear listeners, and my Twitter followers learned from the preseason. Join me in that third segment, won't you? Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond. You are still listening to Locked on Blazers. Let's talk lessons learned from preseason, but not just mine. What I learned is Shaden Sharp's got to play and the defense is still a mess. I pin that on the coaching staff and the roster. Probably first and foremost, the roster, but second and very importantly, the coaching staff as well. But other folks learn things, including Ian Carmel, who said the thing that <laughs> thing that Ian Carmel learned from preseason was pain. Others were more specific, including Catherine Jim Boris at Catherine Jim Boris on Twitter, who who learned that Shane Sharp is looking better with each game, and that'll probably continue if he gets real minutes. We are simpatico on that. Uh, a couple of you learned the same things I learned, including Colby McLaughlin at Colby Mac ninety two on Twitter, who learned 
Sharp should get the Noah Vonley treatment. Solves the Nosvers heart debacle. The Noah Vonley treatment, for those of you who don't know, and I like this, this is creative, Colby. Uh, Noah Vonley was like a developmental project that the Blazers had, and they kind of just played him the first six minutes of each half, and that was a way to get him like a 1,000 minutes on the season. He would never close games. He would never play after the six-minute mark of each half, but he'd get 12 guaranteed minutes a night. I don't love that with Sharp because he's not an NBA small forward. I want Shaden Sharp to play a lot and a bunch. I do not want Shaden Sharp to guard Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I do not. I do not think that that is a way to like get his confidence going. I want him to get reps against NBA second units and and find his footing and then go from there. I don't think at this at his stature, his like frame right now in his age that he's an NBA small forward. He looks like he could grow into one pretty easily. He's the right, absolutely the right size to do that. I. Early on, I don't love the Noah Vonley thing, but I, I will say, Kobe, I respect to the creativity. We need more independent thinkers. You nailed that one. Well, you nailed the independent thinking. I maybe don't agree with you, but but I like that you were thinking outside the box. John Thorpe at Thorpe Theory on Twitter learned that no forward in the league can cover up for guards that don't defend. They need guards that stay in front of guys before they ever get above number 20 on defense. I'm with you, John. Personnel is the problem. Personnel is the problem. Scheme is, is the secondary problem. And motivation might be in there too as well. But, scheme, but personnel is always chief. So no, players play. It's players league. Um, and when the play, team's bad, it's because the players aren't, aren't good. But yeah, the, they, they do not have the defenders to get there. I'm with you. Bust a Bucket at Bust a Bucket learned the following. Stotts wasn't the problem on defense. Yeah, only dummies thought Terry Stotts was the only reason that they were bad on defense. He was not a very good defensive coach, particularly at the end of his career with the Blazers. Like he just, he just did what he did, and when it didn't work, he still did what he did. That's a that's bad coaching, right? Um, but yeah, obviously he wasn't the problem. Buster Bucket also learned that the roster is still in balance. Yeah, oops, all guards. Uh, three. Bust a Bucket learned that Nurk is unlikely to be consistent enough to justify his contract. Yusuf Nurkic looks inconsistent. Fouls, he's been fouling way too much at the end of these preseason games. Um, he's kind of done the Nurk thing where he compounds a, a mistake with three more mistakes. It's what listener Triple L, longtime listener Liam, Triple L termed foul momentum. Uh, shout out to uh, Triple L. Uh, Triple L coined the phrase foul momentum. You see it with Nurk. My man gets foul momentum. He commits one dumb foul on offense. He'll go back and commit a dumb foul on defense sometimes right away, like 30 seconds, two quick fouls. He's got to be better. Good Nurk is good. Bad Nurk is bad. It's just like, and I talked about this in my season preview of Nurk. It's like the consistency is the key and he just hasn't been consistent. He hasn't been consistent again with, again, this preseason. He just hasn't been there. Um, when you're talking about how much a guy, how much money a guy makes, it's never a good sign. And Busta Bucket's final thing that they learned was that there's cause for concern that Ant may not be ready to justify his contract either. I don't think every time he's had a very good preseason. I would, overall, I kind of think my my concern about Ant on offense is relatively low. I, I think he'll eventually figure out it's relatively low. It's not none, but it's relatively low. Like I'm a, um, I'm. I don't know that I was going to use a DEFCON, but I do not, I do not know how the DEFCON numbers work. So I'm going to not do that. Like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not at any DEFCON with Ant on offense. I'm a little worried about him on defense. I'm a lot worried about him on defense. He's a bad defender. He's been a bad defender his entire time in the NBA and he hasn't looked like he's taken steps and in, in strides in that direction in preseason. Four games preseason, they, all the obvious caveats or whatever. But I don't think Ant had a very good exhibition season. Uh, I, I, I think... 
um, you know, justify the contract. Like, I don't want to talk, I don't want to pocket peep or whatever, but yeah, I think, I think like, sure, he hasn't been very good. Um, you, you want him to get there. You want him to get there. Like I said, when we talk about how much money a guy makes, it's never good. All good at Julio Cantu on Twitter learned that Nazir Little is going to take some time to get back to the Nazir we remember, and that Nazir is sorely needed. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I thought Nazir Little was going to be hit the ground running and prove that he's an NBA quality, like an NBA starter, like a long-term NBA starter this season. And preseason, he just hasn't looked, he's been, he looks like he's pressing a little bit, hasn't looked like he's there. I thought he was going to take over the starting small forward spot, kind of push Josh Hart to a role where you maximize his gifts on the second unit. Nas just hasn't been good enough to make that a debate. Like, you kind of just got to start Josh because those are your, that's the, your best players get your best players in the court um yeah blazers you know six six wing with athleticism and length and individual defensive skills that nas if that nas is available if he can come back the guy who was starting to put it all together in january before he hurt his shoulder if that guy gets back the blazers are going to be better they desperately need him that's a that's a real lesson is that that the best version of Nazir little is absolutely what i think the team thought they had and um just hasn't hasn't been there yet hasn't been there at, excuse me, Derek E. F- Derek E. Phillips at Derek underscore E underscore Phillips on Twitter learned that my plus 10,000 bet on the Blazers winning the championship should have come with an even bigger payout. Yeah, BetOnline giving you that plus 10,000. Um, BetOnline.net, uh, check them out. It's plus 10,000 on the Blazers winning the championship. I'm going to be honest, Derek. I think you donated that money. I think that's a donation. And finally, Berger at Slider503 learned that the team who puts out off-season clips is way too good at getting my expectations up. Yeah, shout out to Fernando, uh, Blazers Blazers uh, director of, of, not director, digital content manager. Uh, Fernando, I don't think you listen to this, but I bet one of Fernando's colleagues does. And if you do, make sure you play Fernando at about the 29-ish minute mark to, to close the show. Excuse me, 26-ish minute mark to close the show here. Uh, Fernando, you did a great job this summer. That slow-mo vid putting of of uh, of Shane Sharp getting up a jumper on the practice court, we were hyped. Those vids from those videos from preseason, the 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 scrimmage shots from preseason, they were getting folks hyped. People were excited. It was fun. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Great work, Fernando. Keep it up. Keep it up. Might have gotten people's expectations a little too high, but but <laughs> that's Burger's fault. That's at Slider 503's fault for buying the buying the slow-mo practice vids. Uh the slow-mo practice vids are fun. Keep them, keep them coming. That's what you all learned. Uh some of the same things that I learned as well. But I think I think some important takeaways from you, dear listeners. I appreciate it. Uh at Mike G. Rich on Twitter if you want to follow me there. I mostly tweet out like dumb observations, but occasionally I ask you to participate in show segments so you can you can do that there. That's gonna do it for today's show. Got more shows later this week, including including my one of my favorite, absolute favorite shows of the year, Friday show. We're going to have over-unders with my friend Chuck, uh, a listener, Ben, listener Ben sends these to us every year. Ben is like one of the great over-under odds makers in the game. Like, like Ben, I don't know what you do for your day job, but maybe you should be a handicapper because Ben's the best at it. Uh, my friend Chuck comes on each year and we pick over-unders for the season, predictions for the season online set. It is it is absolutely one of the most fun shows of the year. That will be Friday's show. You're listening to Wednesday, October 12th show on 
On Thursday, we'll have more content for you. We're going to have a season preview of Damian Lamont Ollie Loaded, the last of our player capsules. Make sure you don't miss the Dame season preview. We got more coming next, more shows coming next week because it's five days a week, free on all platforms, wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. So thanks for making the show your first listen every day. Why not for your second listen? You listen to Locks on Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd. Nobody's doing it better. If you want to win your fantasy league, Josh is the place to start. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.